0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Anne Walsh, and I'm a lay missionary of the Most Holy Redeemer from St. John's in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. Today is Sunday, the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our Gospel reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way they entered a village of Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him, because his faith was set toward Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, Do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But that one said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Word of the Lord. In Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62, we've reached a major turning point in Luke's gospel. We're entering into the longest section in Luke's carefully ordered narrative. And as Jesus sets his face for the journey to Jerusalem, his teaching takes a turn too. There's an urgency now to his call for repentance. And there's a narrower focus on what it means to be a disciple. Jesus begins now to prepare his disciples for his own departure. In Luke's Gospel, this turning point, this moment when Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, has tremendous significance. Jesus is well aware that heading toward Jerusalem is beginning the journey toward the place where he will die. Often, When people become aware of their mortality or aware that death is very close, ordinary events and sayings take on added significance. I often think about a conversation I had with my father on the day that he died. Dad died very suddenly in the evening. And so when I spoke to him in the morning, neither of us had any idea that this conversation would be our last. But even in that moment, it was a very poignant conversation. Dad called me on the phone to tell me about the First Communion celebration in his parish that Sunday morning. He wanted to remember with me my own First Communion, how he was the cantor at that celebration, and how he had sat down with me the week before to get me to help him to pick out the hymns. Of course, that meant that the hymns at my First Communion were all my favorites. Usually, my telephone conversations with Dad ended with me saying, I love you, Dad, and he would answer, Me too. But that morning, the morning of the day that he died, the conversation ended very differently. He ended the conversation with, I love you, you know, and I answered, Me too. The tables were kind of turned. It was only that night after I had received the news that he had died that my mother said, did you think about the way he ended that conversation? That was the first time your father said I love you first. I've always held that memory very dear. So when Jesus' disciples looked back on these memories of Jesus years later in the light of his crucifixion and his resurrection, It probably was a similar experience for them. The words Jesus said, the things he did, took on added meaning. And those disciples hung on to them and repeated them and played them over and over in their minds and hearts and then wrote them down so that they would not be lost. So what did they make of Jesus saying to them, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God? How did they think of this kind of harsh admonition when so much of Jesus' message, his words to them, the quality of his presence with them, had been about love? Remain in my love. Love one another as I have loved you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. How did they put that together? To tell you the truth, I'm not sure how Luke and the other followers of Jesus thought about all this, but I have one little insight. My one little thought is that Jesus' commandment to love God and neighbor and his words in this gospel passage, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. These things can be understood as integrally connected. Love is a feeling, love is an emotion, and love is also a decision, a commitment. Love is a commitment that I make to friends and family and to those I don't necessarily feel warm feelings for, saying that I will be there for them. I will make a commitment to be there, not only in the good times, Not only when things are easy and pleasant or going well, but perhaps most meaningfully, I will be there when things are rough, when the going gets tough, when it's not easy to love you, when it's not easy to feel the warm feelings. Then, when things are more challenging, to look beside you and see a companion who has made a commitment to walk with you no matter what, Is especially meaningful. Someone who has put their hand to the plow and won't take it away. What a friend that is. What a commitment that is. Today, Jesus reminds us that discipleship means showing this kind of love and commitment to all of our sisters and brothers in the good times and also, and maybe especially, in the challenging times. Love means being there. Love means deciding to be there. Today, be there for someone who really needs you to walk beside them. And know that when they look at you, they will see Jesus walking with them too. And may Almighty God bless us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.